Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the Rerouted Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Schoening, Director of Content at Rerouted. I'm here with my CEO and co-host every week, Chap Grub. Chap, how's it going today, man? It's going great, Brian. I am super excited for our inaugural guest here at Repot It. Yeah, we're sitting here today with Lindsay Gauthier from Adventure Ready Brands. Lindsay, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about the company that you work for, Adventure Ready Brands. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Lindsay. I'm the director of e-commerce over at Adventure Ready Brands. Uh, we are a really great company in Littleton that has several brands you probably know and love um, from everything from first aid kits. So we have adventure medical kits all the way to repellents. We carry and make bends and Natropel, and we also have great brands like our brand out in Montana, Counter Assault, which is Bear Spray. And Lindsay, that's Littleton, New Hampshire, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Littleton, New Hampshire. Cool. We actually, we talked a little bit pre-recording about being up in the Northeast and some of the amazing stuff up there. And I know, Lindsay, you were saying you got to go hiking in the sun this weekend, 75 degrees in the middle of November. Yes, we're having some definitely freak weather. I wouldn't say it's normal for me to be in a t-shirt and shorts when I'm up in a 4,000 footer. Uh, I only had to throw on a sweatshirt for a little bit up at the top to eat my lunch. Um, and then it came right back off. So, but just two weeks ago, I was in the snow, really in it, uh, very wet, very snowy, a couple different pairs of gloves that I went through. So very, you know, you never know what to expect up here in New England, especially in the whites. Absolutely. The White Mountains are definitely a special, special place. And it's super cool that you're out there getting, getting those lines in. Would you, do you prefer the snow or the sun? That's the question I have for you. You know, I love the sun. I love the summer, but I am totally a convert to winter hiking. I've got a couple of knees that have some miles on them and a hip also that's not as great as it used to be. So winter hiking when it's just like basically a super highway up to the top of the mountain and it's so much more gentle on the way down. I, I love it. I'm a new convert um, the past couple of years, and I am really looking forward to getting more people out winter hiking with this COVID situation. You know, we got to keep people going. People got outside more than ever. And I feel like now they just need to learn that it doesn't need to end because it's winter time. There's plenty of activity to be had. You know, Lindsay, I feel like Brian and I have talked about this in the past, but one of the most important things when you're going outside is that preparation is making sure that you're ready to deal with these inclement weather with these changing weather patterns. Um, Brian, why don't you kind of lead us into that preparation conversation, kind of some of the stuff we talked about off mic and get Lindsay moving in that direction. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, you were sharing with us about this, uh, this kind of safety pack that you've had for a while, this, um, this survival kit. And, and I want you to kind of share, share with us about that. I, I know that, um, we were, we were talking about it a few minutes ago, but, um, tell us a little bit about that, about that survival kit that you have. Yeah. So, um, I've only worked for adventure ready brands for the past six months. Um, but this is a product actually of ours and it's something that my papa got me, my grandfather cool. over 12 because um, he saw me going up and doing a lot more hiking on my own, leading groups, getting a lot more people involved. And, you know, he's a huge advocate for being prepared and respecting the outdoors. And so he got me this amazing little kit 
Um, it's called The Scout from Survive Outdoors Longer, and it has basic emergency supplies. I've never had to use it, so it's great. It's in a great dry bag. Um, goes right in my pack every time that I go out. Big hike, small hike, doesn't matter because I just want to be prepared and make sure that no matter where I end up, that I'm going to be safe and be able to make it through the night. So as uh, I've gotten a lot of people into hiking over the years, it's an item that I've bought them time and time again. I'm a huge advocate. We, you know, we were just talking about people really need to respect mother nature and I want more people out there, but I also want them to do it safely. And I don't want the rescue service to have to go out and get them. Um, obviously they will if they need to, but it's always better to be prepared, be able to get yourself out of a situation or be able to hunker down and keep yourself safe until someone can come and rescue you. So Lindsay, what's, what's in that kit? I was going to ask yeah. the same question, chap. That's great. We are on the same page there. So the, the basics of survival are shelter, fire, signaling, and food. And so this little kit has all of those things and a couple more. Um, so basically it has an emergency blanket, it has Tinder, it has matches, um, you have a signaling mirror, you also have a whistle, um, very important for getting people to know where you are because you don't want to you should never keep wandering around. If you don't know where you are, you should just sit and hang tight and stay in one spot so you don't get even further away from rescue or your group. Um, and then it has a little sewing kit, um, which can also be fish with. So it has like safety pins and it has some thread and it has some fishing line and that's all in like a nice little kit. And then it also has a compass and some small rolls of like duct tape. Um, so that it's not super heavy. So, yep. And then it all comes in a dry bag. So that way, if you get soaked or if you fall in water, no matter what, like all of this stuff is contained and it's not going to get wet and mucky. That How, how much does uh, one of these survival kits cost? Oh boy. That's a, I, that is one thing that I did not know uh, since I, I did not buy it and I haven't bought one in a while. Um, I think, I believe that it's $24.99, but don't quote me on that. Okay, also, great. Also, we'll, we can leave a link in the description for, for okay. something like it as, as well. And we can, can, we can confirm that, but you know, if it, that kind of range, you know, is it $25? Is it $150? You know, that, that not, kind of not thing. Expensive. So. It's very approachable price point for people to have what they need. I was also going to say pro tip. I'm pretty sure. I could find all the things Lindsay mentioned in my kitchen right now. So I don't know about you guys, but pretty close, maybe besides the Tinder, I can find pretty much everything else. So don't hesitate to assemble your own packs because as Lindsay mentioned, what's crucially important is that preparation, that education, going out, being responsible and being prepared. It doesn't really matter where the kit comes from. You just want to make sure you know what's in there and you know how to use it. Right. Yeah. And that's a great point um, about everything, including first aid too. You know, even if you buy a pre-assembled kit or you put your own kit together, it's always important to double check all your supplies in there before you go out. It's a part of like my routine. I just double check, make sure, do I have, you know, I know I use a lot of um, medical tape because I have hot feet, they get blisters. So I prep my feet every time. So I always check, is there enough in there so that I could redress my feet a couple of times if I need to out on the trail or my medications up to date? 
Yeah. I just always am double checking, making sure that everything I need is going to actually help me. I'm not going to get out there and be like, oh, uh, don't have any more tape. Uh, I'm my emergency blanket ripped, you know, whatever yeah. it is. You always just want to double check your supplies. I, I love that pro tip, Brian. I'd love to like make a big point of emphasis for all of our listeners on that. Check your things before you go out into the backcountry. Make sure you have all the things you need. Make sure they're the right things. I mean, I always bring two headlamps. You know why? Because almost always somebody on my trip does not bring one. And so- I do too, I do too chap. I have two and I always go in my pack because you never know, like you're going to get out there and someone's going to be like, oh, I've used this headlamp for two years and the batteries are bad now. And I didn't think of that. Or uh, my headlamp's broken, you know, it got smashed on a rock and- there's nothing worse than coming out in the dark without a light. So, right. That's so Lindsay, I, I feel like this might be a philosophy of camping that you've heard of. One of the things that I was taught through, I did a Knowles bunch of Knowles stuff as a kid through that program. They always talked about bomb proofing your shelter, bomb proofing your area, meaning you leave your camp set up that if a bomb or winds or storms went off, nothing would be disruptive. There would be no chaos. It would be right where you left it because everything was packed and managed whenever you left. Are you familiar with that at all? Is that something that you guys, that you practice? Um, it is not a, like that particular theory I have not heard of, but I got a lot of my outdoor knowledge from my papa who gave me this little kit. Um, he is the one that started taking me hiking when I was a young girl and he always talked about being prepared, like couldn't stress it enough, bought me the not without peril book about all the deaths that have happened in the white mountains. I do again, the same thing for friends that I get into hiking he always just stressed, like, even if it's a day hike, you're going into a dangerous environment. There are things that you're not going to be able to control, but you should really make sure everything that's in your control is situated, accurate, appropriate for your needs so that you can get yourself home safely, because that's really what you want to do. Yeah, that's really interesting that you talk about your your grandfather getting you into into the outdoors and the mountains and such. My grandfather also got, I mean, my entire family into it. So, you know, my my dad was my dad was already into it by the time I came around, but my my grandfather Pete Shoning was a was a mountain climber um and and went on some some pretty pretty special and and high profile trips back in in the the 50s and 60s. Um what was that book that you were mentioning? Not, not without peril. Is that what it's called? Yep. It's called not without peril. Um, it just is a great history on all of the deaths that have happened in the white mountains. It obviously won't have some of the more recent ones that have occurred, but it's a great book. Um, also for just the history of the whites, um, and their development. So it's a really awesome book really, again, a nice approachable price point for a book. Um, and it's not too, too long. It's a bunch of short stories that make up the book. So. Oh, very cool. What, what, when you're handing it off to somebody and you're saying, Hey, I think you should read this. Can you walk, like, what's that scenario? Where's this person in their career? What are they trying to do? Yeah. So, um, basically I just have had people that have been like, you know, you're, it, this seems really fun. Like you seem really into this. Um, what do, what do I need to know? Or they have talked to me about like, Oh, you know, I have a friend that's going to go and they invited us. 
And I always just say to them, I'm so excited. I couldn't be more excited that you want to be getting into hiking, especially later in your life, you know, that you didn't have somebody like I had introducing me at a really young age. And I say, I just want you to be overprepared. Make sure that you are dressing for the temperature at the base of the mountain and at the top of the mountain. Make sure that you're checking the weather. If there are going to be storms potentially passing through, make sure that you have something in your bag to keep you dry. Have enough food that you think you could last for the next 48 hours. Have enough water that you really think that you can get through the next 48 hours. Um, make sure that you have, like we talked about, things to prepare you to shelter in place if you need to. Um, and a lot of them, you know, some of them have like, oh, like that seems like a lot of stuff to have to, you know, and I, I say to them, okay, but if you don't pack it, who's packing it for you? You know, is this person that's coming with you preparing for your group or do you want to be prepared for yourself? Because this is an amazing opportunity. You're going to get up there and you're going to, your breath hopefully will be taken away and you'll just get swallowed up by the magic that is being in the mountains and seeing all these great views that a photo could just never really capture. But it also comes with a level of dedication and respect for the nature that you're going into. So really um, that's, I, I feel like I give them a little bit of like a mom speech, like make sure you got your sweatshirt, but like it's, it's all coming from a good place and they know that that's, you know, that's my general attitude in life is being prepared. But, um, so then I end up buying them a couple of things. If they then come after me to me after and tell me, you know, it, it took my breath away. Like, I just can't wait to get out there again. Um, I have a really good friend, Brad, he's like my biggest success. I would say he is only has eight more 4,000 footers to go to all of, of the New Hampshire 48 wow. he's a hiker previously in life, but um, awesome. he's really gotten into it. And so I'm super proud of him. Um, and that's what I want to get more of. So that's, that's awesome. What, what a cool, what a cool story. So Lindsay, I got to ask how many times do you feel like you've packed that same uh, survival kit, uh, scout pack in that, in a backpack, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of times. Yeah. Hundreds Same of one. times. Same yeah. one unopened. That's because Lindsay prepares and she knows what she's doing. So those are emergency tools, not tools to be used regularly. Um, yeah. Lindsay, that's awesome. Do we, where, where are you at, Brian? You got questions? Well, yeah, I, I have this, I have this really, a couple of really cool, pictures here seven years apart of the same of the same backpack from Lindsay's email one of them has uh, a little stuffed puppy in the corner and then one of them has uh, a real a real dog tell me the story about that backpack and um and how long that's been with you sure yeah so um it's a north face hotshot my grandfather bought it for me 20 plus years ago uh, we were coming off of a hike and we were in north Cromway, and he was tired of hauling up gear for both of us. And so we went into what was then where EMS was, Eastern Mountain Sports, yeah. which was in um, a hotel. It was very weird. You walk into the hotel and you walk through the lobby and then the EMS is at the back. And so he bought me this hotshot. It's yellow. I love it. Um, he bought it for me 
And that little stuffed dog, um, I love dogs and I have always wanted one. It was like my dream and going into adulthood to like have a dog because my family wasn't like super into dogs. We had cats. Um, my mom was also a big cat person and afraid of dogs. So she's coming, she's coming around as all of her kids absolutely love dogs. And my brother got a dog and my sister got a dog. And so she's, she's starting to come around, but I also grew up with cats and I'm excited to get a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had a stuffed dog as my like stand in, um, and it would come hiking with me. Its name is fluffy puppy. Um, and so, this little stuffed dog, I, I had its head popping out of my pack. I would like zip it up. Um, very cute. And I ended up losing it. I was doing a presidential traverse and somewhere between Madison and Adams, I lost my stuffed dog. Oh no. So, RIP fluffy puppy. He's in the mountains forever. Um, and, but so when I got an actual dog, my dog, Albert, who is 13 pounds. He's a rescue out of Mississippi. Um, He comes on all my hikes with me. And this particular hike was our first hike together. We were doing Madison, big mountain. Uh, And the wind started to pick up and towards the top of Madison, it's very rocky. So it's lots of big boulder rock hopping. And I was getting nervous that he would like cut one of his pads on his foot as he was jumping. So I stuck them in my pack, not for a long time, but it was great to like take those pictures to mimic the pictures of the hotshot with my fluffy puppy stuffed dog. And so Albert right now, I think we're on number, he's done his seventh 4,000 footer last weekend. Um, so wow. he's going after them. Small dogs hike too, uh, yeah. is our great hashtag to follow. If that you want to look at some small hashtag. dogs doing serious hikes, but yeah that's that's awesome Lindsay. there's that's awesome we're if if it's okay with you we're we might we might find a way to to post that on our on our site with this with this podcast since we we were we were sharing about it um no i just i just think this is this is awesome and you're you're talking about you know a piece of gear that not only do you have a really special story about when you got it but you're still using it 20 years later and i think that that's that's kind of our our point at rerouted is the the lifespan of gear is so much longer than people give it credit for um and and i think that we we just want to see gear continue to get used and and gear has has a story too you know people people have stories but um you know there's there's stuff out there that that really kind of it you know, it's like a security blanket each time, each time you go out. And, um, and I think it's, it's really, really cool that you were willing to share those stories with us. Chad, do you, do you have anything else for Lindsay? Lindsay, you're awesome. I'm super glad that you reached out and came on the show because you really talked about a lot of the same stuff that we stand for. And it was super cool that our inaugural guest without prompting really was on the same page as us. And it's really exciting and really energizing. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, that has been the Rerouted Podcast. Repot it with Lindsay Gauthier and Chap Grubb and myself, Brian Shoning. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>